Hello, and welcome to Linda and to Martin and to Bruce. And uh, we are going to be having our first and hopefully first of many Life Group Live sessions here um, in between our two services. I just wanted to say thank you for joining me today. Now, for those of you who don't know what a life group is, maybe you've never heard of our life groups. Our life groups are small groups that we have here in the church where groups of people meet regularly outside of our Sunday mornings to discuss and to really to go through um, the scripture and to go through sermons and to do life together. Now, we were just chatting before we got on the camera, and Linda was letting me know what life groups um, uh, stand for, L-I-F-E. Linda, can you remind us what a life group stands for? Okay, it's learning, insight, fellowship, and encouragement. I think it's a, a great definition of, of what a small group is. Like it really summarizes what yeah. life groups are all about. So the three of you are all in the same small group together. Yes. Now, I did my research, and you are in the Froom small group, or life group, and there are 12 members, I believe, at least oh. according to our online records. Probably. Around yeah, that? Around it changes. That. Yeah. Yeah. It changes, it like, who's bucks, coming yeah. in and out. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I was just wondering if I could ask you a few questions about what your life group is kind of like. If you give us a little insight into that life group. And then once we talk a little bit about your Froom group, then I was hoping we could go through the scripture and some of the sermon questions that we have here at Trinity as well. Okay. okay. So I'm going to start with Martin. Martin, can you just let me know when does your small group meet and where? Sure. Um, as you mentioned, it's uh, the Frooms are our leaders, and they open their house to us mm -hmm. every Thursday night. And we do that year-round, with the exception perhaps for the couple of summer months. And uh, when somebody can't attend, we open up a Zoom link. And occasionally, uh, Steve and Carol are uh, not around, so... Um, somebody else will host and they'll come in by Zoom. Oh, that's great. So you're flexible. Very flexible. Very flexible, but you stay to the consistency of it. Mm -hmm. Okay, Every that's week. great. Yeah. Now, when you meet, Linda, what does sort of an average group session look like when you're together? How does how do you structure it? Well, um, it starts out with like, because everybody's arriving at slightly different times, mm -hmm. even though we have a start time, okay. um, it's a chance for us to grab a coffee or tea or cold drink um, cookie or brownie or something along those lines and greet each other, uh, catch up a little bit. Then we sit down, uh, we open with prayer. Mm -hmm. uh, we go through the sermon questions. Okay. Um, and it's not often we get through all of the sermon questions. Uh, sometimes a sermon question actually triggers a, you know, a good discussion. We have some, we have some lively discussions and, and sometimes we get distracted. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and uh, we can get a little bit off tangent. Uh, and um, if we go too far off, we're drawn back in. But uh, and then we close in prayer um, and we have prayer requests. So okay. people within the group, if they have uh, things on their mind or people that they're concerned about, uh, we open it up for requests and then we have an open prayer. And anybody that feels like praying can pray to the topics. If you're uncomfortable praying out loud or aren't called to pray that night, mm -hmm. there's no pressure. It's it's very, very casual and, and friendly and open. I love it. I love mm -hmm. it. All right. Now, Bruce, I think you may have been one of the newer members in the small group or in this life group. I was wondering if you could just tell us and tell everyone who's out there listening, what sort of inspired and motivated you to join a life group at Trinity? 
Well, we had always been a member of a small group at our former church, and we had led for small groups in the past. So it was really critical for us, we felt, for, to become members of a life group at Trinity. Um, and honestly, we chose the Frooms. We didn't know anybody, really. We'd just come to the church, and we chose the Frooms because they had a dog. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the thing. Yes. It was like, it was like, well, we can go to this life group because they like dogs. Excellent. And that was the main impetus. So, and we've been going there ever since, and it's great. I love yeah, it. Yeah, we have great friends really now. Good. All right, now mm-hmm. I've got one more question, and feel free, everyone here can answer. Um, how have you noticed yourself or the group as a whole change or evolve or grow since you've been together as a life group? Have you noticed any changes? I think um, we we do have new members joining us on a, on a fairly consistent basis. And nice. we also have members that have either moved away or transitioned into other areas. So we've lost members. Uh, so it's always interesting to um, connect with new people and make new friendships and be able to support each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're meeting new people and you're learning about other people. That translates into the services here as well. When we're coming in for coffee hour and things, we've got people we recognize and, right. and new friends we can talk to there as well. So it's a great way for you to make connections. Absolutely. Yeah. And as a, as a couple that was new to the church, it was a absolutely way to get connected in a very quick um, way that was comfortable. Because you're you're in somebody's home, you're just sitting around chatting, mm-hmm. and it was just a great way to get connected. So you really were doing life together. Yes. 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 Well, thanks. And I like that you alluded to using the sermon questions. And some of our life groups here at Trinity do use the sermon questions, which are questions that we create based on the sermons from the previous Sunday, and they help us to dive deep, more deeply into the weekly message and to really evaluate how that scripture can impact us in our daily lives. Now, today in our service, we were continuing our sermon series on Live in the Dream. We were looking through the story of Joseph in Genesis 39, when Joseph was sold into slavery and he goes to Potiphar's house and he rises in the ranks pretty quickly. And we hear mm-hmm. that the Lord was with him and that he was prosperous in what he did. But then along comes who? Oh, Potiphar's wife. Potiphar's wife. And she is... Um, attempts to seduce him and she wants to tempt him to go to bed with her and he refuses and then we see the a little bit of a downfall of joseph he has to falls she accuses him of taking Mm -hmm. advantage of her and he is sent to prison so things were looking really good for joseph and now they're not looking so great and so i was thinking we could just uh start by talking about some of the questions now if you are at home and you've never seen our sermon questions you can actually find these sermon questions online on our website. They are on the website under Sundays at Trinity. And if you go to services and sermon questions, you'll find the most up-to-date sermon questions there, as well as sermon questions from previous sermons. So I think the first question is all about distractions. And Rob mentioned that we live in a culture of distractions. Do you guys agree? Yeah. Yes. yes. I would agree. Absolutely. What do you think are some little things that distract you or people you know on a daily basis? My phone. My phone. I was going to say the same thing. (laughs) I was actually listening to a sermon on my drive-in today from another church, but talking about that dopamine hit that we get. So it's such a distraction, those our phones, that we can even become addicted to them. So Mm -hmm. it's a physical Mm -hmm. impulse and distraction that we get. Mm -hmm. Anything else come to mind? Just everyday life. You know, you 
you you may make plans in the morning of what you're going to do, and then something comes up. Um, and it could be a phone call. Somebody calls and says, hey, can you help out with this? Or mm-hmm. can you meet for coffee? Or I just need a chance to chat. Or as sometimes, as with Martin, he likes to play um, Pokemon Go and get some exercise. And yeah. That. So just little things. Yeah, little things that sort of derail us from the purpose that we may have had for that day. Yeah. That creep in. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting that it's usually the things that really don't matter that distract us from the uh-huh. things that actually matter, which I don't know why that works, but it it seems to be the case. So doing the things that you really don't need to do distracts you from those things that are you should be looking at, you should be doing. I was thinking that it's, it's like easier sometimes to do that little thing, yeah. to do something on your phone, to play a game, to... Especially now that we're retired, we've got lots of time. Yeah. <laughs> we don't right. have to work. So you see that. There has Instead to be of doing the work support. around the house yeah. that I need to do. Right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you mm-hmm. don't have to be retired. I've got, yeah. I have three children, young children at home. And it can be distracting to steal mm-hmm. away with my cell phone into doing some, some quiet time. Um, but then it can get out of control a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so Rob named two big distractions that can derail our dreams. And those are the allure of power and the mm-hmm. temptation of pleasure. So, like, let's look at the first one. Where have you witnessed or seen um, the abuse of power? And maybe not in a specific example. We can keep it general. But where have we seen, maybe in life, abuse of power? Well, I think uh, Rob alluded to it. I think we see it every day in the news with the politicians. Um, And even uh, Mm -hmm. past politicians that uh, we had admired Mm. We're finding out now after the fact that, you know, people are digging up dirt and finding out about uh, their temptations and their distractions. And um, so I, I think that's the big one, I, I, probably because it's so visible, too. Yeah, it's in the news eye. and they're public figures. And yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. politicians. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. And in the workplace, yeah. the, yeah. the people, sometimes people get in a position of power, they get in charge. They're the managers or the, the other leaders in a company, and they take advantage of that. And they they can uh, force people or coerce people into doing things they don't really want to do. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a saying that says power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you see that in, in the political arena. You see it almost everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about power and corruption. Um, and now let's talk a little bit more about that sexual temptation that sometimes comes into play or many times comes into play um, when you're in a position of power. Um, where have we seen, and we can again keep it general, where sexual temptation can lead to someone's downfall? Hmm. And once again, you see it in the political arena. You see it in celebrity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see it in, in all a lot of places where you find that power corrupts, you find that if it may not happen all the time, but the same temptations of uh, with respect to sexuality will creep in, mm-hmm. and it, it goes back to maybe that whole thing of their they make strange excuse upon bedfellows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so yes, yeah. we also see it in schools and you know between teachers and students sometimes. Yep, or another. 
places where there's somebody in uh, uh, doctors and their patients and, mm -hmm. and unfortunately like in churches right. and, and unfortunately in churches, in churches. too yeah. I, was, but, I was avoiding that yeah. <laughs> we'll keep it general but, yeah. the, the uh, celebrities and the political figures the the people in public you hear more about that uh, but it's happening all around us I mean I, I would imagine that uh, if you were to take a poll of even the people within this church, a mm -hmm. lot of them would have been victims or mm -hmm. tempted or, you know, and it's, uh, or hopefully the church helps us deal with it. <laughs> yeah. But it is, it's well, a very real situation that we see mm -hmm. almost everywhere where there's mm -hmm. positions of power and trust that we yeah. have well, with these people. Not only and, and even amongst some of our friends, we know, I know people mm -hmm. who have uh, strayed in their marriage and, are no longer married to that person as a result. And right. And then that's that's yeah. a downfall. So the right. relationship mm -hmm. is broken. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, what were some of the factors? We're just going to go to the scripture. And I think Rob alluded to some of these in his sermon that made the sexual advantage, uh, advances of Potiphar's wife challenging and tempting for Joseph. So why would he have been challenged by this situation? I think there's a few challenges here. I have no idea what she looked like, but I'm assuming that she must have been reasonably attractive if she expected mm -hmm. that she could just wiggle her little finger and, and get whoever she wanted in in her bedroom. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, there's that. She was also I, confident. Yeah, yes. uh, she was in she was in a position of power. Uh, mm -hmm. She was mm -hmm. uh, his boss's wife. So, I mean, and as it turned out, he was right that she then put in a bad word against him when she didn't get what she wanted. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. Do you think what? Joseph being single and lonely away from his family, do you think that would have contributed to some of the challenges there? See, I'm going to, I'm going to be the, the opposite because as Rob preached this morning, I thought to myself, yeah, jo Joseph was probably tempted, but he didn't seem to be as tempted. I think the real per the person who was really tempted was Potiphar's wife. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and she was the one who was not able to um, control that temptation. Uh, and I think I think Rob laid it out very well, the the way Joseph was able to withstand the temptation. Mm -hmm. But then what Rob focused on Joseph, but which he should have. But I think it's a great illustration of the difference where I think we're supposed to follow Joseph's lead and learn mm -hmm. from Potiphar's wife. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I like yeah. that. Yeah. Because Potiphar's wife really didn't have power. She had power through association. Mm. It's like I... Uh, uh, Kate Middleton was at a public school mm -hmm. and one of the five-year-olds said to her, who are you? Which it's hard to believe he didn't know who she was, but her answer was, I'm William's wife. And her identity was tied to him. And mm -hmm. that's really what we see with Potiphar's wife is that her, her power was because she was Potiphar's wife mm -hmm. and yet she abused what power she had. Um... And that was, that's what I really took away from it. So I think, I think Joseph did a stellar job. Yeah. <laughs> so did I. I, I think Rob too did uh, mention the fact that even though the response as it's reported in the Bible was pretty quick, you know, no, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Um, he might've been tempted because 
she may have been able to um, be a positive influence for him if if she was on his side, mm-hmm. and he may have had more power or been able to get more done, or you know. Mm-hmm. But I think, on reflection, as you know, God—that's not the way God would work. Right. Joseph yeah. stayed faithful to God. He stayed yeah. faithful, he stayed to, faithful God. to God, even right. when, for all intents and purposes, he knew the consequences. He probably mm-hmm. knew her character and knew that she could maybe do something. Yeah, not right. so good. And and yeah. Rob's point of the fact that he had determined what was right beforehand mm-hmm. so it was yeah. not mm-hmm. something he had to decide in yeah. the spur of the moment great great point yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah if you if you if you know god and and you know know what his um dreams are for you then it's a lot easier to turn from things that that aren't in line with that mm-hmm. i'm not saying that it's it's easy all the time but it is easier if you have that that goal or that focus in mind and you know that god is on your side yeah now let's just pretend for a minute that joseph is modern day and that he is living in the 2000s with us um how do you think our current culture would view joseph and his response to potiphar's wife in our current culture of sexuality that we live in bob said that too if it feels mm. good do it Feels good, do it. I I find there are still lots of people though who are not that promiscuous or or of that mindset. I think there are a lot of people nowadays who are. Um, I think there's a, a move back to um, staying true to yourself and mm-hmm. and staying true to your vows if you have vows and mm-hmm. you know in your marriage and things like that. Um, it's like. You know, there, I think back in the 60s, for instance, I think it was a lot wilder. Yeah. But it's the way the pendulum swings. And I think it's. It makes me think a little bit the of the way. recent Me Too movement that mm-hmm. came out a couple right. of years ago. Right. Where some of this abuse of power came to light. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and now, if people are wanting to abuse that power, I think they have to understand that there are consequences. I don't right. know that there was consequences in the past. So, mm-hmm. though I agree with Martin in that um, in the 60s and up until the, maybe even up until the Me Too mo- uh, movement, um, the consequences weren't as severe, but now there are consequences. So I think you're going to see a change, hopefully. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. hopefully. Yeah. Um, and then let's just, before we wrap this up, we're thinking about Jesus's life and Jesus's death. What can we learn about how we can handle, we ourselves can handle worldly pleasure and worldly power? So what do you think Jesus may have taught us or is teaching us about how we can handle the power that we have? Does anything come to mind? Prayer. Every time he was tempted, he prayed. Three times he was tempted. Mm-hmm. He prayed. He, one thing that I love is that he always used scripture to mm. defend against Satan. So he mm-hmm. used God's power and God's words, and he said those words out loud. Yeah, yeah. I think by you know with prayer and asking God for help, that I mean that's going to help you withstand a lot of things. You know, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the Beatitudes, uh, all the characteristics that he mentions really are almost counter what you think of when you think of somebody who's powerful. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I think we can learn a lot from that. Mm-hmm. He he stresses humility. Uh, I think we need to stress humility more in society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And looking out for the other people, not looking out for yourself. Right. If you're focused on that, 
Well, you're self-centered. You're, you're going to be yes. looking at pleasure. Right. You're going to chase mm-hmm. that pleasure. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you very much, guys, for joining us today. Um, oh, you're welcome. Thank you. It was a great way to spend the time between the two services. I was actually thinking about bringing Different. out a plate of cookies to tempt you all while we were <laughs> <laughs> while we were doing this interview, right. but um, I didn't think that would work so well with the microphone. So I decided not to try to okay. tempt you, but I think we have just a moment or two left of coffee hour before we start thinking about our second service. Hopefully, um, we can get some more life groups to join us for our life group live talks. And if this has encouraged you out there to join a life group, as our Froom group has mentioned, sometimes they meet online. We do have an online group starting up soon um, within the coming months. So if you're interested in joining a life group, please feel free to contact us at Trinity, and we would love to get you plugged into that. And if you are joining us for the 1115 service, please stay tuned and we'll see you in just a few minutes.